Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bed Bible Study. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, Father, for drawing us unto yourself. Thank you for sanctifying us, delivering us from evil. Lord, uh, many of your people are, are under um, oppressions that um, they don't even know about. And, uh, Lord, we just ask you in these days to reveal these to them and um, have mercy upon them and give grace, O oh Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about uh, communion, uh, the Passover. Um, And I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, verse 14. Wherefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Okay, now he's going to talk about communion. Why do you need to flee idolatry to have communion? Well, communion is communion with the Lord, the body and blood of Christ, the real God. Some people are worshiping a false god. Some people, their own self is their idol. And so they've created a god after their own image that pleases them. And so he's telling you, you can't have communion with the God if you're going to be worshiping idols. Okay? Verse 15, I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless. Cup of blessing. So this is a this is a cup of blessing. It's not just a ceremony. You actually receive something from this if you're doing it right. Okay, so let's find out what doing it right is. Let's find out what qualification to have communion is, okay? The cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not? A communion of the blood of Christ? A communion. What is communion? Communion means having in common the blood of Christ. Having in common. We are the body of Christ, and the one who lives in us is Christ, and his blood is in us by faith. As a matter of fact, that's why we do communion, is to accept that it is in us by faith. Okay, and we have uh, as the body of Christ worldwide, we should be having communion uh, with each other and with the body of Christ, uh, of the, the blood in the body of Christ. However, that's sad because that's not possible. I'll share with you in a minute why it's not possible. But we can at least have communion in our local fellowships if we are careful and if we do what we're supposed to do. We have this communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Now, we know the body of Christ was smitten so that we could have health. You know, First Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed. And also, um, the, the blood of Christ, um, the wine, of course, in communion represents the blood of Christ. 
and the blood of Christ is ours just as the body of Christ is ours. Uh, when we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we're transformed into that same image that is the Lord. We're coming into the image of Christ, and his body and his blood is pure. You know, we inherited um, blood from our parents. That is the problem, because the curse is passed on in the blood. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Leviticus 17:11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So you got, when you were born, the life of the flesh of your parents passed on to you. Notice that you have characteristics that are just like your parents, and that you have more in um, characteristics like your parents than you know. Uh, but what we want is to inherit the blood of Christ, not the blood of our parents. And we do this by faith when we take communion. We are partaking of the pure blood of Christ. Now, uh, Leviticus 17.11 says the life of the flesh is in the blood. The, the Greek word there is soul. The soul of the flesh is in the blood. The soul of whose flesh is in this blood, the blood of Christ? Uh, the soul of Christ. That is his mind, his will, and his emotions. Notice that we're partaking of this when we partake of the blood of Christ by faith at communion. We are partaking, we are accepting this gift. It is truly the cup of blessing. It's the cup of blessing when it's done by faith. Just like baptism, when we when we're baptized, the baptism itself helps us, enables us to have an imagination that we're being buried with Christ and coming up out of the water resurrected with Christ. So we accept the resurrection life of Christ through baptism. It's an enabler for our faith and our imagination to join together because you really can't have faith if you can't imagine something. So it enables us, it helps us as humans to be able to cooperate with God and, and the, the communion is the same thing. It is something that enables our imagination to believe we've received something from God by faith. Okay? And so, to receive the body of Christ is to receive a body that is not afflicted with every kind of curse. Jesus himself bore the curse upon himself that we might have Abraham's blessings. He bore the curse. He bore the sin. He bore the sickness. He bore all that upon himself so that we could have his body. His body meaning uh, a body that is free from the curse, uh, free from the curse of sin and death. Uh, his uh, blood, which means his mind, his will, his emotions, his very nature. Your soul is your nature. The nature of Christ is given to us already by the reconciliation. That means the exchange. He made reconciliation. He made an exchange of his life for ours. So when we partake of the body and blood of Christ at communion, we are partaking of that. And I'm going to share that with you in a minute. No, it's not transubstantiation that the Catholics talk about. It's not physically that. It's that by faith, which is even more powerful. <laughs> okay? We accept by faith that we are partaking of the body and blood of Christ. And we profess that we are doing that. He also says in verse 17 here, uh, seeing that we who are many are one bread, one body. So we all partake of the one bread. The one bread that we partake of is Jesus Christ, 
We are the one body in whom Jesus lives. We are the body of Christ, and the one who lives in the body of Christ is Christ himself. He is the bread, and we partake of that bread, and we are the bread. Okay? So, please remember that communion, you're receiving the soul and the body of Jesus Christ. And, of course, he was the word made flesh, so you're receiving everything that the word is when you take communion. Now, let's go over and look in uh, 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 17. But in giving you this charge, I praise you not that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Well, we don't want to come together. We want to come together in communion, having in common the life of Christ, right? We don't want these things that he's talking about here. He says, for first of all, when you come together in the church, uh, I hear that divisions exist among you. And I partially believe it, partly believe it. Well, what is division? Division is the opposite of communion. You can't have communion if you got division. The devil knows that. There's no power in what you do if there's division and strife and all the lusts of the flesh going on. Okay? And I partly believe it. For there must be also uh, factions among you that they that are approved may be made manifest among you. Okay, now, this word faction is actually the word heresy. And uh, there's a slight difference between faction and heresy. Some people think they're synonymous. They're so close. And it is true. Both of them have to do with people with selfish ambition, twisting and using the word or their own false doctrines to make converts and make sects. That's what it represents. I'll just read to you from um, the word heresis in uh, Vine's Expository Dictionary. It says, an opinion, especially a self-willed opinion, which is substituted for submission to the power of truth and leads to division and the formation of sects. A sect or a division or a strife, according to Galatians 5, is a work of the flesh. And if you walk after the flesh, you must die. And uh, and also sometimes in Galatians 5 and 20, it's called parties, heresies, parties. Such erroneous opinions are frequently the outcome of personal preference for the prospect of advantage. Personal preference for, in other words, holding something that's that you think is very important. Sometimes it's straining out a net swallowing a camel. Uh, it might be what Bible you use. It might be what name you baptize in. It may be something like that, you know, that you're using to divide people for the sake of advantage, for uh, uh, selfish ambition. In other words, to make disciples. That's very, very close to faction. I think maybe the only thing that might be different is heresy is more well-known or well-believed to be uh, false doctrine, using false doctrine. But let me say that even if you're speaking the truth in faction uh, in order to divide people, it's still false. So the, 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 the line there is very, very blurred, okay? You don't want either one because neither one permits communion. Matter of fact, as we read on, we see that. 
It says, um, when therefore you assemble yourselves together, it is not possible to eat the Lord's Supper. Why? Because it is a communion. You can't have communion if you've got division. Okay? And uh, it over doctrines, over the lust of the flesh, over somebody's jealousy, somebody's personal ambition to have disciples. Uh, you know, let me just point out to you in Second um, uh, Peter chapter 2, I'm going to give uh, 1 through 3 here, because this is probably the best description of what heresy is and faction too. It says, But there arose false prophets also among the people, as among you also there shall be false teachers, who shall privily bring in destructive heresies. There it is, parties, sects, uh, by selfish ambition, people that have selfish ambition, dividing God's body, right? Denying even the master that bought them. Well, of course, because our master... Uh, in John 17, pray that we may be one, and the wolves came in to divide the flock. Okay? These are wolves. Okay? And that's what denominationalism is, too. Even though they might be based on some very heroic um, man in the past, somebody who was walking close to the Lord, some reformer, uh, they are far, far from that man. And claiming him does not make the fact that they are of him. So it says, uh, denying the master that brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. It always comes. I'm talking about these people many times are dead. I mean, even though they are walking, they're walking dead. They have no connection to God, no conscience anymore, etc., etc. Faction totally takes away a person's conscience. They have no conscience. They begin to be thieves and fornicators and liars, slanderers, anything but um, the body of Christ. And many shall follow their lascivious doings by reason of whom the way of the truth shall be evil spoken of. Yes, people um, speak against Christianity because of the corruption that faction brings people to even the denominational faction out there. It's, it's, it's so corrupt. Those old denominations are so dead and so corrupt, they bring people to speak evil of Christianity. They brought a bad name on Christianity. And in covetousness, because that's what they have, shall they with feigned words, in other words, they're using the Bible for their own selfish ends, to make merchandise of you whose sentence now from of old lingereth not, and their destruction slumbereth not. So that's a very good description of what this this faction or heresy um, is. And faction is a, is a common word in the scripture, and this one, by the way, is heresy. As I, you have a note um, that has Greek heresies. You know. so, so when you assemble together, it's not possible for you to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, now he's beginning to talk about another disqualification for uh, people who, who want to partake of the Lord's Supper. That was a disqualification. Faction, divisions, people that do that are not qualified to partake of the Lord's Supper, and they make a lot of other people unqualified to partake of the Lord's Supper. So, for in your eating, each 
one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. So notice it says drunken, so it's, uh, you know, uh, people say that uh, the Lord's Supper is grape juice. No, it's not. It's wine. They used it as wine. But we see here selfishness. Uh, no love. Uh, you know, not not looking out for the brethren, not caring about the brethren's needs, you know. What, have you out houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and put them to shame that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I praise you not. So um, I want to say that there are many other things that can bring about this disqualification. Uh, for instance, let me read to you what he says about the Lord's Supper or um, the communion or the Passover in First Corinthians 5 and 6. He says, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Okay, so you're not partaking of Christ if you're partaking of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the leaven of Herod and, and the leaven of malice and wickedness. You're not partaking of Christ. He says, Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, even as you are unleavened, by faith, of course. For our Passover, see, now we're talking about the Passover. The Lord went to keep the Passover with his disciples, and that's when he instituted the Last Supper, the communion, okay? For our Passover also has been sacrificed, even Christ. Wherefore, let us keep the feast, that is the feast of the Passover, and, and not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We can only keep the feast with unleavened bread. If any leaven is found in your houses, you're cut off from among the people. You know, Exodus chapter 12 warns us. In verse 9, I wrote unto you in my epistle to have no company with fornicators, not at all meaning with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. But then must you needs go out of the world. The list is getting bigger here. Don't worry. Just hold on. Be careful. Don't worry yet. Okay. Uh, but as it is, I wrote unto you not to keep company. Separate. You need to be an unleavened lump. Okay. Uh, not to keep company if any man that's named a brother be a fornicator, a covetous, adulterer, reviler, drunkard, extortioner, with such a one, no, not to eat. No, not to eat what? The Passover. The unleavened bread. Don't have these people in your midst. He said to separate from them. Don't have these people in your midst. You, it's not possible to have, have a Passover that way. It's not possible for you to have communion. Okay, and I'm going to share that with you in just a minute, too. For what have I to do with judging them that are without? Do not you judge them that are within, within the church, within the body. Okay? We don't want leaven in the body. But them that are without, God judges. Put away the wicked man from among yourselves. Now, that's very plain. Very, very plain. Uh, we want to be able to keep the communion. And the only way you can do it is to put them away. I know they like to hide, but if you're holy, uh, God will reveal this. He does it to us. 
people try to hide their sins and continue on, God takes them out. Okay, he, he uses uh, division. He divides them from you. That's faction. That's what it is. Faction and heresy. He divides them from you in that way so that you can be holy. Second Corinthians 6 and 14. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness and iniquity? Or what communion, having in common, has light with darkness? You can't have communion with people of darkness. That's why he says to throw the bums out. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? What portion hath a believer with unbeliever? See, uh, it's important that the people all know that this is a holy body. It has to stay holy. They have to repent or they have to leave. We want them to repent. We preach to them the gospel and the really good news that they don't have to live in sin anymore. But if they don't want that, if they want their sin, they need to leave. And what agreement hath a temple of God with idols? For we are a temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Now that's what communion is all about. This is what the Passover is all about. They had to eat the lamb. On Passover, uh, when Jesus instituted um, communion, he passed out the bread, but he said that he, as the lamb, was that bread. Okay, that bread being his body, that bread being the word made flesh, okay, and walk in them, and I will be their God. I will walk in them. I will be their God. This is what partaking of the body and blood of Christ is. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come ye out from among them, and be ye separate. Why? Because he wants a holy, completely uh, righteous lump. People that are walking in the faith of God. Says the Lord, touch no unclean thing. I will receive you and will be to you a father. Will be to you a father. This is a promise. And you shall be to me sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Why, when? When you come out from among them and be separate. Okay, Ephesians 5 and 8. For you were once darkness, but are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And have no, listen, have no fellowship. Fellowship is having in common. Fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even reprove them. They, they have to know that this is not acceptable in the body of Christ. For the things which are done by them in secret, because many times they hide their sin and they put on a good face, and they know how to talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. And you don't want them in your midst. They have to repent. You see, the church is not a place for evangelism. The, play, the church is the place for raising up the body. You evangelize people outside the body. You bring them to Christ and faith in Christ. And then they're able to come into the body. It is a shame even to speak of the things that are done by them in secret he's talking about. But all things, when they are reproved, are made manifest by the light. For everything that is made manifest is light. Okay, if they don't want to obey the word, they don't want the light. That's what the light is. And when they love the word and want the word, that light destroys the darkness. Okay, you remember Achan? 
who was hiding his sin under his tent? And he caused Israel to lose their battle to take the promised land. What is the promised land? Well, we've proven that the promised land is this life that the spiritual man lives in. It's a land that was, I mean, our bodies and our natural life came from the earth. It is the land, okay? And that land is promised to us. It's promised to the Israelite, not the Canaanite. The Canaanite must be driven out. He's, he represents the lusts of the flesh, the old man of the land. Okay, so uh, we don't want people in, who want to live after the lusts of their flesh. Because if, it, if a person thinks that that's all right, they're going to die. That's what the Bible says. Sinners in the midst do the same thing today that Achan did. Achan had to be out of the midst before they could win the battle. Do you remember that? Okay, let's go back to our test in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. This is the Passover. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. Notice what he said. This is my body. We're not talking about transubstantiation. We're talking about faith. He said, this is my body. You accept this as my body. You believe this is my body. And it will be what? The cup of blessing. This is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. So, remember the, the Passover was uh, that the flesh of that lamb. And Jesus is the word made flesh, which is the bread. And so Jesus is showing us the, the fulfillment of the Passover of the Old Testament, right? And the word made flesh is the among us, and that's Jesus. In like manner, also the cup after supper, saying this cup is, is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant, of course, is that God freely gives to you when you repent and believe his life, his nature. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And that word life, again, is soul. The very soul, the very nature of Jesus, he gives to you when you by faith receive him in this way. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. So let me ask you this. If the Lord is going to live through you by his body and blood, uh, what does that mean? It means death to the old man. Jesus said, if you don't lose your life, you won't gain your life. There's your soul again. If you don't lose your soul, you don't gain his soul. You have to repent and believe. Repent means give up your life, and believe means accept his. <laughs> and the word here, proclaim the Lord's death, means to show forth. The Lord's death. How are you showing it for? You are manifesting it. You are showing it to those around you. You are showing it in your life. This is how you prove that this is the cup of the Lord. 
until he come. Wherefore, whoever shall eat the bread or drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Wow, now so what is the unworthy manner? Well, it's all those things that I read to you. It is basically walking after the lusts of the flesh. If you walk after the flesh, you must die. Okay? And it, it is the the heresy, the division, the selfishness, the lack of love for the brethren. It is um, uh, and all those lusts of the flesh that we kick people out for in 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. All those sins. The sin nature. We are having fellowship around the body and blood of Christ. And we then partake of the body and blood of Christ. By the way, when you have the body and blood of Christ living in you, you're able to give it to others. And if you don't, then you're giving away your old leaven is what you're giving away. You're polluting the body. If you're not plundering the devil's kingdom, you're running from him. That's what Jesus said. If you're not plundering his kingdom and walking by faith and believing you've received everything from God that he gave you uh, through his body and blood, uh, then he is whooping you. If you don't know the gospel, this is the good news. The good news is preached in communion. Totally. It's preached in the Passover. Totally. Uh, the Lord is uh, is revealing to us the greatness of receiving his life uh, through communion by faith. So when you come together to do communion, confess your sins one to another. Okay, and I'll share more about that in just a moment. But you need to be right with God before you do this, or you're guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. You say, well, I'm not going to mess with that. That's too dangerous. <laughs> no, you need the body and blood of the Lord. You need to be the body and blood of the Lord in the midst of God's people to be a blessing unto them. It is the cup of blessing. So if you do it in an unworthy manner, you have hidden sins like Achan did, uh, or you've got revealed sins which everybody around you accepts. Uh, which is still contrary and forbidden in the Word of God, as we can see, as we've just read over and over here, okay? So, if you partake of in an unworthy manner, that is not repentance and faith, uh, you're guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord, okay? So, let me read on. Verse 28. But let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of the bread. In other words, a person needs to discern themselves. Are you walking in the light that you have? Are you walking in the light that you know? If you do, the blood is cleansing you of all unrighteousness. If you're walking in the light, but if you're not, if you're rebelling against the Lord in some area of your life, you're walking in sin, don't go pollute the body by sneaking in there with your sin because they're going to lose their battle because of you. You know, the blood uh, is on the hands of Babylon. Babylon represents apostate religion and its people. The blood. They are guilty of the blood of the saints and of the prophets, you know. Uh, so let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh 
eateth and drinketh judgment unto himself, if he discern not the body. Okay, so the body, remember what Jesus said. Uh, Whatsoever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me. The least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me. Listen, one thing about division and, and faction and those things is they're not possible when a person is obedient to what the Lord said, for instance, in Romans chapter 14. Let me just read a little bit of that to you. But him that is weak in the faith receive ye, not for decisions of scruples or doubtful disputations. You're not to judge the people who are weak in the faith. Let them grow up in the faith. Children are weak. They get stronger as they grow. Let them grow. Don't condemn them so they won't have faith to grow. Uh, Help them to have faith to grow. Okay? Don't judge them. Uh, That's where division comes in, is when people begin to be proud and arrogant and jealous and selfish ambition, and they want to make disciples, and so they try to get how many people on their side they can get, you know? And uh, one man hath faith to eat all things, but he that is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth not, excuse me, let not him that eateth said at not him that eateth not, but let let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. So God received them both, and even the weak. I mean, you're weak before you're strong, and if you don't get the body and blood of Christ, you can't be strong. He says, don't judge him, okay? Now, we're not talking about willful disobedience, sin that a person knows is sin. Hebrews 10.26 says, if we sin willfully after we receive a knowledge of the truth, there remains no sacrifice for sin but a certain fearful expectation of judgment. So, ignorance is an excuse. Willful disobedience is not an excuse, and there's no blood covering. They've got no business taking uh, the body and blood of Christ. They're guilty of it. Who art thou that judges the servant of another? To his own Lord he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be made to stand, for the Lord hath power to make him stand. Praise God. He just needs faith, right? Fill him with faith. You don't have to bludgeon him into your little doctrinal box, right? Let the Lord bring him around to the revelation of the truth, and you can share it, and everybody can share, and you don't have to accept everything that everybody says, but you can listen and see if it lines up with Scripture in your heart. Maybe you've got a foundation to receive it now. Maybe you'll have a foundation to receive it later. But be at peace. Let every man grow according to the measure of his own faith. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let each man be fully assured in his own mind. In other words, according to his conscience, let him walk according to his conscience. He that uh, regardeth the day, regardeth unto the Lord. He that eateth, eateth unto the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not unto the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us live to himself, none of us die to himself, but whether we live or, or unto the Lord, or whether we die uh, unto the Lord, whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Oh, praise be to God. And the whole rest of the chapter is about the same thing, not judging other people. And don't do anything to cause people to stumble or go against their conscience. He warns us about that. Okay, so... 
you know, back to our text in First uh, Corinthians 11. He says, um, because they discern not the body. And the word discern, it means to discriminate, to, to know the real body of Christ, right? He eateth and drinketh judgment unto himself if he discern not the body. If they, if they receive um, the body and blood of Christ in an unworthy manner, they're bringing judgment upon themselves. For this cause, many among you are weak and sickly, and not as you sleep. Now, now listen to this. Many are weak and sickly, and not a few sleep. In other words, they're dead. Okay? Not a few die. Not a few are weak and sickly. Many among you. Okay? So, uh, what is this dying situation? Well, Romans 8 says in verse 13 that if you walk after the flesh, you must die. Let's look at uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 24. So, again, we saw that walking after the flesh is contrary to receiving communion. And, uh, and so he goes on to say in Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 24, I'll just read that to you. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary one to the other, that you may not do the things that you would. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which is a license to excess, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousies, wraths, factions, divisions, parties, which is heresies. Factions, divisions, and heresies. The thing that he says makes it impossible for you to have the Lord's Supper and partake of his body and blood. So guess what factious people do and and um, her- heretical people do and people who cause division do? Well, they bring a curse on themselves. Very simply. Envyings. You know, like like jealousy, you know, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I forewarn you, even as I did forewarn you, that they who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Well, it's the body and blood of Christ. It is to partake of his nature through the blood and his healthy body through the sacrifice of his own body. The exchange was made. The the, uh, transition was made at the cross. And when we accept that, we're accepting the gospel. So you walk by faith. You're not going to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But if you walk after the flesh, you must die, Paul said in Romans 8 and 13. Right? So isn't he saying the same thing here in our 1 Corinthians 11 text? He says, but this cause, many among you are weak and sickly. And not a few sleep. In other words, they die because they discern not the Lord's body. But if we discerned ourselves, we should not be judged. 
Well, amen. Okay. Back to Galatians 5 and 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, excuse me. Against such there is no law. And they that are of Christ Jesus, they that are of Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with the passions and the lusts thereof. If we live after the Spirit, by the Spirit let us also walk. Let us not become vainglorious, provoking one another, envying one another. So, he wants peace. He wants unity. He wants love between the disciples. Okay? And that's what this is all about. So, if you are not qualified to partake of um, the Lord's Supper, the body and blood of Christ, if you're not qualified because you're in some kind of rebellion, all you have to do is repent and and the Lord will take it from you. If you repent and you believe, it says in 1 John 1 and 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Well, fellowship and communion, hey, that's having in common, isn't it? You're giving and receiving uh, of Christ to everyone around you. You're receiving their gift into you, and your gift goes into them. We partake of one another. We are one bread or one loaf, and so is Christ, that one bread. So we are to be partaking of one another. We're not to be partaking of unclean animals, you know, like uh, Peter with the sheep came down out of heaven that he later got a revelation that this was the Gentiles that God had cleansed. But they were unclean animals, but God had cleansed them. Okay? And that's what people around us are. We're not to partake of them or their blood, according to the Old Testament, which is also a type and a shadow. You're not to partake of the blood or the nature or the soul of unclean people. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, in other words, the light that you have. You, you only can walk in the light that's put in front of your feet. But if you walk in that light, you put more in front of your feet. That's what he says. And you're not, you're not guilty for ignorance. Okay? But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship. There it is. One with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh! You go from unqualified to qualified. Okay, verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Many people are like that. They're, they're in denial because they don't want to admit that it is sin because they don't want to give it up. It's a, it's a love of their life. It's an idol. And the truth is not in us. He said, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we say we have no sin. Okay, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is, now listen to this, this is how you get qualified here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Whoa, get used to confessing your sins. Do it immediately. Do it when you sin, if you've sinned, by the way. 
because it says in verse uh, next verse it says verse 10 if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us my little children these things I write unto you that you may not sin what can make you where you wouldn't sin well he says if we confess our sins he's faithful and, and righteous or just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness How do you get to the place where you're not tempted to sin? Well, getting rid of unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is the nature of sin. You don't sin just because it jumps out of the air and grabs you. You sin because you're drawn away by your own lust and enticed. That's what the Bible says in James chapter 1. Okay, so here's God's telling you how to get rid of lust. You're in a trap if you will not confess your sins. People carry their sins on until they're destroyed because they will not confess their sins. It is sin. You must confess it is sin. If you'll do that, you'll take it away. In other words, you're getting on God's side. You're saying, Lord, this is sin and I don't want it. It's not just mouthing, you know. It's it's from the heart, you know. These things I write unto you that you may not sin. And if any man sin. Notice that if there, because he's not saying it's certain that you're going to sin. If you walk in the body and blood of Christ, and you walk by faith, your sin is going to be less and less and less. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. That means he is the covering for our sin. Because if you repent, and you walk by faith, your sins are then covered until the Lord washes them away. And that's what he will do if you walk by faith. And every time you sin, you confess it. He's going to wash you and cleanse you of unrighteousness. Oh, praise God. You know what that makes you? Qualified. <laughs> Qualified. Qualified to partake. So let me say that uh, you out there who are, you know, do communion which is a good thing, do it by faith. Believe that you are receiving the very blood, the very nature, the very soul of Jesus Christ. Believe that you receive this. If you're troubled with demons, just remember, when you behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord, he don't have demons. If you're troubled with sickness, just remember, when you behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord, he don't have sickness. If you're, um, you know, troubled in any way with the curse, just remember, look at the Lord. You've received him. You behold him in the mirror, which means you say that it's no longer you that live along with Paul. It's Christ that lives in you. Now, this faith is the gospel. It is the good news. All you got to do is believe. What must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, believe on him whom he has sent. Believe that Jesus Christ is your gift from God to walk in righteousness. You can partake of the soul of Jesus Christ. You've already partaken of the soul of your parents. And that's why you do many of the things that you didn't like to see in your parents. You probably said, I'll never do that when mom and daddy did it, but you did do it, didn't you? You know why? Because their blood was passed on to you, their soul. Their nature was passed on to you. 
You might even have gotten some of the blood of your grandparents. You might look back in your lineage and find somebody that's got the same fault that you've got. That's because that, that blood and that sin is passed on unto the children, a third and fourth generation. What breaks this, this genetic curse that's passed on? The blood of Jesus. You need a transfusion. Oh, praise God. And that's exactly what God gave to you. He gave to you a new father and a new mother, the, the glorified church. He's given to you this new nature that's passed on to you. Okay, if you're in a corrupt, falling apart church that's full of sinners and they don't want to throw them out, get out of it. It's not the church. The church is the called out ones. He says, come out from among them and I will be to you a father and you shall be to me sons and daughters. If you come out from among them. So if you're in a corrupt church that's backslidden, doesn't teach the truth, you know, has a lot of moralizing, but they don't tell you how to get there through the gospel. We're telling you how to get there today. This is how you get there. You accept the body and blood of Christ by faith. When you drink the wine, you are then partaking of the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, that blood that has no sin in it. You are partaking of a holy blood, which is the life of the flesh is in the blood. The, the life of Jesus' flesh is in the blood. He was holy. He was sanctified. And when you partake of his body, just remember his body don't have sickness, right? The Bible says, as he is, even so are we in this world. Think on that. Think, meditate on that. As he is, so are we. You see, we're commanded to, to pray for everything that we want. And Jesus said, when you do that, believe you have received. All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you have received them, because you did at the cross. Believe you have received them, and you shall have That's the word of the Lord. And so, that's why we look in the mirror and we see Jesus. We've asked for Jesus. We want his life, and he gave it to us. And when we do, do communion, this is an act of faith whereby we're renewing our minds. We're reminding ourselves that today I am receiving the body and blood of Christ, the very soul and body and the word of God, by the way, because he was the word made flesh. The lamb of God, right? The Passover lamb of God. They ate all of the lamb of God, all of his flesh. And the lamb of God is Jesus. And he was the word made flesh. So if you eat the word, which is the bread, at the Lord's Supper, you're taking a New Testament Passover. Some people say, well, I need to go back and eat a lamb. Well, go ahead and go back under the law. But I got to tell you, um, the law is just a type and a shadow of the New Testament. And, uh, and it's not the shadow that you want. It's the light. Come out from under the law and into the light. Praise be to God. Boy, God's just got so much good stuff for us. We just need to believe, you know. Um, this, he, he said, this is my body. This is my blood. Um, why not believe him, you know? Is it physically? No. But when we believe we are receiving his body and his blood right there, that's what we're receiving. 
by the supernatural act of God. God has the power. Uh, he wants us to have the faith. Our part in the covenant is faith. His part in the covenant is power. When we believe, we receive simply on the grounds that he said it, then we get it. And that getting it comes from his power. And he works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Would you like to have God's will? Would you like to have God's ability to do or his works? To will and to work, some translations use, of his good pleasure. He works in us to will and to work of his good pleasure. Oh, I would like to be well-pleasing unto God, wouldn't you? Well, I can tell you the way to get there. It's the gospel. The gospel is the power of God to save the one that believes it. That's what Paul said. It's the power of God to save the one who believes it. Now you can look in the mirror and see your old filthy self, but you know what you're going to have tomorrow? Your old filthy self. See? So, but if you behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord and you accept his life by faith, you've repented of your life, you don't want it, but you don't know how to get there, well then the next part is believe. Repent and believe. That was what was preached all through the Gospels and all through the Scriptures. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Not accept. <laughs> no. It doesn't say that. That's a foolish church trying to fill up the pews with uh, tithers. That's all that is. And they do pretty good about it, but they got a church full of leaven, and they can't have any communion. And they got too many willful sinners in there, you know. So repent and believe. Repent. You don't want that old life. Believe that Jesus gave you that new life. If you don't lose your life, you won't gain your life. That's what Jesus said. And he's talking the same thing about the soul. If you don't lose your old soul, you're not going to gain your new soul. You want the soul of Christ, which is his mind, his will, and his emotions. That's what it is. His mind, his will, and his emotions. Uh, we have the mind of Christ. You know, Paul said it's by faith. We receive that by faith. We have the mind of Christ. Glory be to God. Now, you can't uh, <clears throat> uh, neglect your Christian duty to read the scriptures because uh, the Lord brings to remembrance all things he said unto us. The Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that he said to you. So when you read the things that he said to you, you're uh, putting it in there. What he says is he will bring it to your remembrance, but you have to put it in there to bring it to your remembrance, right? Okay, so you can't neglect your Christian duty of studying the word and putting the word in your heart. Remember the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is that the sower went forth to sow the seed, and the seed was the word of God, and it went into the hearts, and it brought forth fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold in those that were good ground. The other three parts of people that fell away, they heard it, but they didn't devour it. They didn't make it a part of their life. When you eat something, it goes into you, and it becomes what your cells are. You are what you eat. Okay, so if you uh, assimilate the word of God, the one who lives in you is Jesus Christ. He is the word made flesh. Oh, praise be to God. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that all the brethren out there, even in their homes, if they decide to have communion, that they will 
be clean. That they will want to be clean, want to be cleansed, and accept your cleansing power uh, by faith in the blood and the and the body of Christ. So, Father, we ask you to give wisdom and grant grace to the brethren and wisdom to the brethren, so that they can receive this wonderful good news, this wonderful gospel that you're offering to them the very life of Christ. He is the firstborn among many brethren. He is a son among sons. We come into his image. We come into sonship. We we don't have to be a child all of our lives anymore. We have the word to grow up on, feed on, to bring forth fruit of Jesus Christ in us. We have that word. We can grow up in him. Oh, glory be to God. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123.